Hi, welcome to the Alex Rubit Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubit, and I pray that you will find today's teaching of the Word of Faith and Grace to be uplifting, edifying, and encouraging. To find out more about our ministry and to access other teaching resources, simply head to graceworldchurch.org. And with that being said, let's get into today's message. Praise God. Welcome again, guys, to this online Sunday sermon. If you have your Bibles today, I invite you to join me in the book of Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. We're going to review some scriptures, Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17, and then be ready. We'll head to Ephesians chapter 2 and Colossians chapter 2 in a minute. We're going to be looking at all of these in the New Living Translation. And guys, I, I believe today I really uh, have a, it's going to be a powerful word. I believe this word today it's going to be a word that in some ways is going to be challenging us. But I believe if you stick with this, if you're going to listen to this word and really take this in, I believe it's going to bless you in your walk with the Lord. It's, it's, it's really going to help you to more fully understand the power of living a life of depending on God, of living a life where you are where you know without a shadow of a, of a doubt that he's your firm foundation. Amen. Where you know without the shadow of a doubt that he will never fail you. Uh, where you know without the shadow of a doubt that no matter what you're going through, no matter where you find yourself, he is your firm foundation. And so we want to really be rooted in that confidence. Amen. We've been talking about the humility of faith. We've been we started last week talking about the subject of the humility of faith and really understanding this truth that faith is is really something faith is really a posture of humility we have been defining faith as depending on god you see we we actually left off in the previous message last week we were sharing with you that the enemy that satan will always try to get you to be self-dependent Whereas God requires you to be Jesus-dependent. You see, the thing about the enemy is this, guys, is that Satan does not necessarily require... He doesn't have to tempt you to sin necessarily, even though he will do that. But the way he... You know, one of his schemes is is that the way he's going to get in is he's going to try to get you to be self-dependent. Well, Alex, I'm just going to depend on myself. Alex, I'm just going to work really hard, and then I think it's going to work out. Well, hold on. What we want to remind you of here this morning is uh, that your security is not found in your self-dependence. No, your security is found in you depending on God. You depending on a God who can never fail. You depending on a God who's already made available to you uh, what you need. You depending on a God who does not require your performance but watch this, he requires you to trust in him. He requires you to depend on him. Now, one of the ways we've been defining faith, we've said it's, it's, it's an act of humility, but w- listen to this definition of faith here, guys, once again, which is that faith, it's an act of humility, and faith is a total surrender of all self-effort and performance. 
and faith is a complete trusting in and depending on God. The other day I was talking to someone, we were talking about depending on God, and, and we were saying, well, it's one thing to say I depend on God, it's another thing uh, you know, to actually do it. And so, and so this is what this is about, is we want to be very practical. I don't want to just tell you, well, depend on God. No, what we want to do is we want to really uh, give you some, some, some tools for, for how to do that. And really, tools is not the right word. Thank you, Lord, because it's not really, it, it's relationship. Let me put it this way. Thank you, Lord. It's relationship. How do I depend on God on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis? Well, it is me uh, practicing my relationship. It is we, me walking in an intimate fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you see. It is me uh, living in, a, in, a, in an intimate fellowship with a God who is not only with me, but if you are born again, He is in you, and He is working on the inside of you. Everybody say out loud, God is working in me. God is working in me. Amen. And so that's how we depend on God. Now, um, let's get started here with these scriptures. I really just want to review some scriptures, and then we'll jump in here today. And I want to really set this as our foundation. Now, he says here in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 in the NLT, listen to this very closely now, guys. He says, for I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. Now, good news is, of course, talking about the gospel. The King James Bible translates this as gospel, and it is good. Good news, but a more accurate translation of, of, of gospel, or what that word really means, is it's nearly too good to be true news. And so take this in now, friend. The gospel is not only good news, it is nearly too good to be true news about Christ. And he says, this nearly too good to be true news about Christ is the power of God at work. The word power is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. It is the dynamic, dynamite, explosive power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first, also the Gentile. Now, we were sharing with you last week that saving or salvation, it comes from the Greek word zozo and even though religion oftentimes kind of reduces salvation just to going to heaven, zozo, that Greek word, means so much more than that. So salvation includes your healing, it includes your deliverance, it includes your soundness, it includes your needs being supplied. And so right from the outset, I want to get you to understand that as you depend on God, you are depending on a God who has decided to take responsibility for providing your needs. Glory be to God. Do you know this child of God that if you are a believer, if you are in Christ, God has taken responsibility uh, for supplying your every need. Remember, guys, there's a distinction between the general goodness of God, which is available to every person on the planet. In other words, God is good regardless of whether or not we believe or whether or not we are good. This is a radical statement, but it is the truth. You see, Jesus uh, talks about this when he says that he makes his rain, uh, he sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. He makes his sun to rise on the just and on the unjust. Well, it's talking about the general goodness of a God. The Bible says it is the goodness of God that actually leads people to repentance. But what I want you to see is that there is a distinction between the general goodness of God and you being a a, a, a Christian, you being a believer in Jesus, because what happens is that when you are in Christ, glory to God, when you believe in the finished works of Jesus Christ, there are certain covenant rights and covenant privileges that have been made available to you in Christ, and that includes your healing, that includes your, your provisions, that includes your wisdom, that includes your deliverance, that includes you uh, being already righteous, independent of your performance, that's available to you through this gospel, 
because glory to God, uh, the, 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 the nearly too good to be true news about Christ is this announcement that Jesus already won the victory, guys. I want you to understand that no matter what you're going through in your day-to-day life, as a believer in Christ, you are always beginning from a place of victory. Yeah, I can't see it yet in the natural. I don't quite know yet how it's going to unfold in uh, the natural, but glory to God, my confidence is in a God who never fails. My confidence is in a God who's already made available what I need. My confidence is in a God who's already won me the victory 2,000 years ago. And so that is available to you in Christ. Look at verse 17. In verse 17, he says, this good news, this nearly too good to be true news, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Now listen to this, guys. How does God make us right in his sight? Because most people think, well, Alex, I'm right with God based on what I do. Watch this now. He says, God makes us right like this. He says, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. By faith. And remember, for the purpose of this series, we are... Uh, replacing faith with depending on God. In other words, we're defining faith. Every time you read faith in Scripture, I, wanna, I want you to really practice this. Glory to God. This is like your, your homework assignment, okay? Every time you read faith in Scripture during your time in the Word, I want you to think of it as depending on God. And he says, as the Scriptures say, it is through faith or it is through depending on God that a righteous person has a life. And faith is this confidence, secure reliance on what Jesus has already done. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Also in the NLT, he says here in verse 8, he says, God saved you by His grace... Watch this, when you believed. And so again, that word saved, is, is, it also includes your healing, your deliverance, your, your provisions have been made available to you. But he says, how did you get saved? You had a, you had a role to play, but what, watch this, what was your role? He says, you believed. You see, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and he says, you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Guys, how many know that when it's a gift, I can't boast about it, glory to God, if it's a gift, I can't take credit for it. You see, sometimes um, the thing about a gift, you know, is this, it's, it's that it's unearned. You see, if I give you a gift, it's it's not because you earned it or deserved it. And sometimes people have a hard time receiving gifts, and they'll be like, well, Alex, you know, I really don't deserve this gift. And it's like, yeah, of course you don't. It's a gift. You know, I mean, that's the whole purpose behind it. It's a gift. <laughs> you know, you didn't, you didn't earn it. You didn't work to deserve it. And so, guys, in exactly the same way, that's how you got saved. You see, your salvation, your right standing with God, you going to heaven, I want you to understand you had absolutely nothing to do with it. Jesus already took care of that 2,000 years ago. It was already available. All you did was you heard the good news and you said, Lord, I believe. And so we can't take credit for it. Look at verse 9. He, he says, Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. And this is what I want you to see. So none of us can boast about it. You see, there's no boasting in salvation. I can't boast. I can't be prideful. I can't say, man, the reason I'm right with God is because I did these ten goody-goody things. Glory to God. No, it's, it's, we want to do good things. Amen. We want to do goody-goody things. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, but I want you to understand that no matter the good that you do, that's not why you're right with God. You see, I want you to understand you are in right standing with God. You are in right relationship with God. You are on your way to heaven. 
purely because you have put your faith in the finished works of Jesus Christ. And do you know what this is, guys? This is humility. What happens is when I understand that no matter what I do, man, you know, it's, it's never going to be my actions that make me right with God. Well, what that's going to do is, is that's going to produce some humility. You see, now the issue with that is, and this is really what we're focusing in on on this series, is salvation includes your healing, your deliverance, and everything that you need to live a godly, successful life. Catch me now, friend. But the Bible says that in the same way that you initially got saved, in the same way you are called to live your Christian life. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Look what he says. He says, And now... Just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Now, what this is saying is that in the same way that you received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, in that same way, you are now called to live out your life as believers. And what this is, is by depending on God. Now, the reason this is important, guys, and the reason we're focusing in on this is because every single one of us, guys, to one degree or another, you know, if you're born again, if you're a believer, you understand that you got saved by grace through faith. You understand that your your actions didn't get you saved. Amen. Pretty much everyone who has some understanding of the gospel knows that that's the gospel. But you see, guys, here's where the problem is is that very often what happens is that after we get saved, what we want to do is uh, we want to throw in some works now. <laughs> you see, you see. in other words, you know you're saved by grace through faith. Amen. But what you want to do now is you say, well, Alex, you know, if I want to see healing, if I want to see deliverance, if I want to see God really showing up in my life, well, that's going to have something to do with what I do. You see, but what, what, what this is saying here, friend, is, is that in the same way that you got born again, in that same way, you are called to live your life as a believer. Look at verse 7. He describes what this way is going to look like. He says, let your roots grow down into him, into Jesus, glory to God, and let your lives be built on him. Stop right there. Child of God, I want you to know that if you are in Christ, your life is not built on yourself. You see, your life is built on him. Your identity is found in him. We shared with you last week that your identity, uh, your behavior does not determine your identity. Listen to this now, friend. Your behavior doesn't determine your identity. You know the the you know the crazy crazy moments that you have sometimes. Glory to God. They don't they don't determine your identity in Christ. No, but what happens is that your identity sooner or later is going to determine your behavior. In other words, you know you got those crazy crazy moments sometimes. But what happens is, the more you bring yourself back to, I'm not what I do. I'm not my actions. No, glory to God. I am who Jesus says I am. I am who God says I am in Christ, you see. And the more that you focus in now on your identity in Christ, the more that your roots grow down into Him and that your life is built on Him, well, what happens is, well, now the Holy Spirit can work on the inside of you and He can begin to produce uh, the, the, the fruits of, of transformation. Glory to God, you see. You see, the fruits in the Christian life, guys, they, they are not produced by your self-effort. This is not your discipline. It's not self-help. It's not your positive thinking. No, it is you depending on Jesus. It is you looking to Jesus. It is you identifying uh, with who you are in Him. And the more that you identify with who you are in Him, sooner or later, your life is going to start to reflect that. 
And look what he says. He says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, or your dependence on God will grow strong in the truth that you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And so it is looking to Jesus. It's looking to Jesus, not to ourselves. Look at one more scripture here as our foundation and we'll be able to jump into this. Look at St. John chapter 15, verses 4 through 5. John's Gospel, chapter 15, verses 4 through 5. And someone says, Alex, get started. I thought you had already gotten started. Well, friends, hold on. What I'm doing here is I'm just laying a foundation because I want to make sure we're all on the same page here today. Amen. Uh, I want to make sure we are all on the same page. Glory be to God. Now, uh, look at what he says here in St. John chapter 15, verse 4. This is awesome. He says here, Abide in me, and I in you. Stop right there. This is Jesus speaking here. And look what he says. He says, Abide in me, and I in you. Now, that word abide means to remain. It's to remain. In other words, what he's saying is, don't just put your faith in me when you get born again, when, when, when you initially receive me. No, he says, the way I want you to live this Christian life now is I want you to remain in me. I want you to abide in me. Friends, take note. This sounds very similar to what we just read in Colossians. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, So are you to walk in him. How did you receive him? Well, you said, man, I can't save myself. No, I need a savior. Amen. And so you said, man, I'm I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. I'm going to believe in Jesus as savior and Lord. Now, that same way we are we are now to walk with him. He says, abide in me and I in you. And watch this now as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. It remains in the vine. He says, no more can you except you abide in or remain in me. Verse 5, he says, I am the vine, glory to God. And you are the branches. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And he says, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And look at uh, this now. This is what I want you to see. He says, this is a strong statement, guys. He says, for without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. Now, that is a very strong statement, and I want to zero in on this for a moment because there's someone who says, well, Alex, I'm doing a lot of things on my own without the Lord, and I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Well, hold on, friend. You want to examine what is Jesus saying here, you see, because the, the fact of the matter is, guys, you know, in, in this world system, there are certain things that you can actually do, you know, through just self-effort. You know, there's certain things that you can do by you just, you know, being disciplined or following some self-help or whatever, you know, and, and just really kind of doing good or working hard, whatever. Hold on. That's not what this is saying. You see, what Jesus is talking about here is he's talking about bringing forth fruit. 
He's talking about glory be to God. He's talking about bringing forth uh, the fruit of your life as a believer. And I want you to understand uh, that while you can accomplish certain things in the natural, certain worldly things, glory be to God, uh, what you cannot do on your own is show forth the fruits of uh, the Christian life. You see, you can't get more patient through your own self-effort, guys. It's just not going to work. You see, uh, you, you, you can't have a, an authentic heart transformation through just, you know, applying a set of principles. No, what you need is glory. Glory to God. You need uh, the Holy One, the Perfect One, uh, the Glorious One. You need Him to work on the inside of you. You need His Spirit uh, to be at work on the inside of uh, you. And so what Jesus is saying, in order for you to bring forth fruit that is lasting, in order for you to bring forth fruit that pertains to the Kingdom, in order for you to bring forth fruit uh, that's going to be not just the temporal stuff, but that's actually going to have an eternal impact, He's saying, you can't do that without me, guys. You see, you see, we need Him, guys. Everybody say, I need God. I need God, I need God, I need God, you see. And so, when we talk about you seeing the promises of God showing up in your life, catch me now, friend. It's not going to happen through your self-effort. It's only going to happen as you depend on God, as you look to Jesus. And remember, in our relationship with Jesus, we look to Him as as the stronger vessel. We look to him as the greater vessel. Remember, uh, the vine and the branches, they're one. Uh, glory to God. But the, 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 the vine is the stronger vessel. You see, you see, the branches can't do anything on their own. You see, it's, 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 it's the vine uh, that enables the branches uh, to bear fruit. And so, he has to be the source. He has to be the one that we look to. Now, look at these verses real quick, also in the Passion Translation. And we'll be ready to jump into today's message. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> so John St. John 15, 4 through 5 5 in the TPT, I want you to see how he puts it here. He says, So you must remain in life union with me. For I remain in life union with you. Take this in, guys. Life union, that sounds to me like what? That sounds to me like relationship. You see? That sounds to me like the way we are called to live our lives as a believers is to walk in a relationship with Jesus. You see, guys, this is not a Sunday thing. You know, this is not a weekend thing. It's not something you do when you get around to it. No, I want you to understand, child of God, the way that you are called to walk in this world as a believer is in a day-by-day, moment-by-moment fellowship with the Holy Spirit. A day-by-day, moment-by-moment fellowship with your unseen partner. And he says, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your lives intimately joined to mine. Guys, this is huge. So I don't know about you guys. I don't, I don't want to have a fruitless life, you see. I want to bear some fruit, guys. <laughs> and, and, and he says in verse 5, I am the sprouting vine, and you're my branches, Jesus says. And watch this. As you live in union with me as your source. Glory to God. Take note. Source. He wants to be your source. You see, he wants to be your source for everything, guys. You see, what does it mean for God to be your source? It means uh, that you understand that any good that comes to you in your life as a believer, glory to God, it didn't come uh, from anywhere but God. You see, maybe you have a job, well, uh, your, your, your employer pays you, glory to God. I want you to know God is your source. Your employer is not your source. God is your source. You see, uh, God can use your employer uh, to supply your need in this season, but God is your source. You see, he's got to be the firm foundation, guys. He's got to be our source. 
And he says, when that happens, when he's your source, fruitfulness will stream forth from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Now, guys, I don't know about you. I don't want to be fruitless and I don't want to be powerless. Amen. Now, remember, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you're powerless. And what this really means is it is this kingdom principle. And one day we might have a chance to look at this where Paul talks about at one point, he says, when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. You see, the world system says you're strong when you, when you, you know, put enough effort in and so on and so forth. Well, but, but God says you need to look to me. And guys, remember when we look to him, what that happens is we got to acknowledge in my own self, I can do nothing. In my own self, I don't, I, I just can't do what you're calling me to do, Lord. But then what did Paul also say? Glory to God. He said, through Christ, I can do all things, you see. You see, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So in our own self, we can do nothing, but through him, we can do all things. And so what I'm saying is this, you remember that you can do nothing in your own self, but child of God, then what you want to do is you want to remember that you are never without him. Praise God. You want to remember that, that, that He is right where you are and remember uh, to, to renew your strength in the Lord. It means to exchange your weakness for His strength. It means to exchange your areas of inability for His supernatural ability. And so what Jesus is saying, with me you're powerless, but, 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 but what, what He's saying is that the power He's talking about, He's talking about His power at work in us, you see. Glory to God. He's not just talking about human might. No, what he's talking about is is the power of the Holy Ghost being at work in your life, guys. <laughs> you see, you see, through the power of the Holy Ghost, you can do the things you can't do in your own strength. And what that means is that, you know, you can love. For one, you can love with a, with a love that's not just human love, you see. You see, one of the first things the Holy Spirit does is, is He sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts, guys. And so, you as a Christian, as you abide in your relationship with Jesus, as His Spirit works on the inside of you, you actually have the ability, the power to love in a way that is supernatural. That's huge, guys. Now, we might not always walk in it, but I want you to know you have that ability. And it's not your ability, it's His ability that is at work in you. Sometimes the best thing you can do is, is just love a person, you know, uh, you know, just rather than judging them, what you do is, you know, you know, you, 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 you know, God's still working on them. And so, and so you love them, you see, you see, the, the only way we can do that, guys, is, is through walking in a fellowship with Jesus, is to depend on Him, amen. Glory be to God. Now, let's get started here with uh, today's sermon. Amen. <laughs> Someone's watching and saying, Alex, are you, is that a joke or I don't know. Well, no, guys, that was our foundation. Now, let's get started. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 3, verse 27. We'll look at it in the NLT and in the Amplified Bible. Romans chapter 3, verse 27. Let's get into it, guys. Amen. And like I said, I really believe it's going to bless you. I really believe that this is something that when you get a hold of this, man, it's going to, it's just going to supercharge your walk with the Lord. Amen. Now, Romans chapter three, verse, verse 27. Now, remember last week we were talking 
to you a little bit about how the enemy is going to try to come against this truth of the gospel. He's going to try to get you to disbelieve that God's already made available to you what you need. He's going to try to get you to look at your performance. He's going to try to get you to say, well, Alex, I don't deserve this. And we, you know, again, guys, that's the whole point of the gospel. It is undeserved. It's unmerited favor. You see, the world system says in order for you to experience the good, you got to deserve it. Well, guys, how many of you know that 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 in in, in God's in, in the kingdom of God, it's based on the grace of God. It's based on the unmerited favor of God. You see, you don't want what you deserve. No, what you want is you want the undeserved, unmerited favor of God. And so all that is required of us in this life as believers is that we depend on God. That's faith, guys. What's required is that we believe His Word. That's faith. What's required is that we listen to, listen for the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. That's faith. And that we live in a way where each and every day we are expectant of seeing God's promises showing up in our lives. That's faith, guys. Now, I want to talk about this faith business here for a little bit, because when we're talking about faith, guys, we're, we're talking about you operating in faith, and, and faith has gotten a bit, a bit of a bad rap. I submit to you that faith is kind of a controversial subject in the body of Christ. When you talk about, you know, confessing the word, making confessions of faith and all that, a lot of people are kind of like, they get a kind of a funny feeling about it, because the way you look at it is you, you think it's a principle. You think it is you working. In other words, it's you perhaps impressing God with your faith. It's like, well, Alex, it's my great faith that's going to get God to move in this area of my life. Hold on. Because if that's how you look at faith, I'm with you. That's not what we're talking about, guys. You see, you see, that is not what we're talking about. You see, here's the thing about this, guys, is, is that faith does not move God. Faith does not move God. And that's a radical statement because a lot of times, you know, we, we hear this is, well, faith is going to move God. <laughs> Hold on now. You see, though, I want you to understand, child of God, that nothing that you can ever do is going to move God. You see, glory to God. You see, God is never going to put himself in a position where he's going to wait for us and then he's going to, he's going to do what he does based on us. Glory to God. That's never going to happen. You see, God's already moved. God's already anticipated every need that we will ever have, guys. I want you to understand how glorious our God really is, is that where you are right now, it's not a surprise to God. I've said before, you know, God is not up there shaking his head saying, Dude, <laughs> man, whew, I don't know what to say, man, I... I didn't know they were going to screw up this bad, <laughs> you know. Uh, he's not like, man, I, I, I knew they were going to mess up, man, but I, I, I didn't think they were going to be this bad. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, see, you see, nothing that you and I can ever do is going to be a surprise to God. Guys, the, the, the state of the world right now, it's not a surprise to God, you see. God already knew everything that was ever going to happen. He knows the end from the beginning, and so God's already decided to make available to us the solution. I want you to understand, guys, no matter what the world, the craziness that you see in the world, the solution to everything is already available. The issue is the world is trying to find the solutions in, you know, carnal 
solutions and human natural stuff. You know, they think, well, it's going to be the, you know, just get the right person in office and then it's all going to be okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, you know. And I'm, I'm not putting that down necessarily. There's a place for all of that. You know, I'm not saying whatever. I'm just telling you guys, my confidence is not in a politician. My confidence is in a God who knows the end from the beginning. You see? And so the way you are called to live is, is to put your confidence in Him, to depend on Him. And as we've shared with you, when you truly depend on God, that in and of itself is going to produce humility. Now look at what he says here in Romans chapter 3, verse 27. He says, can we boast then? <laughs> I love that. Can we boast that we've done anything to be accepted by God? And then he answers the question. He says no. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. He's talking here about the law of Moses which was works-based. The law required you to do in order to get God to do. He says, we're not right with God because of the law or because we obey the law. He says, it is based on faith. We're right with God because of our faith, our dependence on God. Now, the fact that I can't boast that I've been made right with God, what this tells me, guys, is, and this is huge, is since it's not my actions that make me right with God, that means, guys, that I am never in a position where I can judge another person for their sins. I want you to hear this, guys, because a lot of times what happens is what's kept people away from church or uh, people didn't want to have anything to do with God was because, well, what, what, what you thought was, well, man, Alex, you know, if I go to church, well, then what I'm going to hear is I'm going to hear about all the areas where I miss it. Uh, you know, I... I I'm going to be judged or whatever. You know, the preacher's going to tell me about all these different areas where I have to clean up my life. Well, hold on, guys. You see, if, 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 if me being in right standing with God has nothing to do with my actions, glory to God, that means I have no right whatsoever to judge anybody else. You see, it's not what we do. It's not what I do. It's not the fact that there's no sin in my life, guys. I want you to know that is not true. I, this is going to be a shocker for everybody. All of us still sin. <laughs> okay, all of us still sin. All of us still miss it. We're all a work in progress. That is not what makes us right with God. And so, because of that, we can never judge somebody else for where they miss it. You see, I want you to understand, you might think, well, Alex, when I clean up my life, then I'm going to go to church. No, what I'm telling you right now is, we want you to come just as you are. Glory to God, we want you to show up as uh, the mess that you are. <laughs> you know, the messier, the better. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. We want you to just show up just as you are. I don't know where that just came from, guys. But we want you to show up just as you are. Why? Because as you show up in your mess, as you show up uh, with those addictions, as you show up with that emotional stuff that you've got going on, what we uh, want to do is we're not uh, here to judge you. No, glory to God. What we want to do is we want to point you to the one who is your solution. We want to point you to the one who is your healer. We want to point you to the one who is your deliverer. Glory to God. You come to him uh, just as you are. And then what he's going to do is... He's going to receive you just as you are. And then he's going to work in you. And that's how transformation is going to happen in your life, you see. You see. Look at this verse in the Amplified. Amplified verse 27 says, 
then what becomes of our pride? Man, guys, I love this. This really speaks to me. What becomes of our pride and our boasting? You know, us thinking we're better than maybe someone who doesn't know the Lord. We never want to fall into that trap, guys. He says, what becomes of our pride and our boasting? He says, it is excluded. It is banished. I love this. It is ruled out entirely. There is no room for pride in this gospel. And then he goes on to say, on what principle? On the principle of doing good deeds? He says, no. But on the principle of faith. The principle of depending on God. Now notice, there's a contrast. There's the principle of good deeds. That's the works of the law. That's performance. That's self-effort. That is, Alex, I think i got to clean up my life and then God is going to be pleased with me. No, he says, that's not how this works. He contrasts it with the principle of faith, which is the principle of depending on God. Now, here's what I want you to see, and we're going to get more into this, I believe, in uh, next Sunday's, this upcoming Sunday's message here, next week, amen, is, is that there's a contrast between the works of the law, performance and self-effort, and living by faith or depending on God, and that you can never mix the law with, with grace and faith. Close this a little bit here. You can never mix the law with uh, with grace and faith. Now, grace and faith are always going to go uh, together. Why? Well, it's because faith, dependence on God, is is how you're going to receive what what grace, the unmerited favor of God, has made available to you. And so, grace and faith are are always going to go together, but guys, you can never mix grace and faith with the works of the law. And what I want you to catch is that all of the world's systems, all of the world's philosophies, guys, they're all performance-based. In other words, every religion in the world, every philosophy in the world, guys, every cult is going to tell you that if you want to be right with God, it's going to be based on what you can do. If you want to be quote-unquote enlightened, you're going to have to do all these things. You're going to have to follow these steps, and then one day you're going to be, you know, enlightened. Well, guys, I want you to know right now that is a lie from the pit of hell. That might not be politically correct. It's spiritually correct, okay? Uh, you know, I want you to understand that no matter what they tell you in those religions or in those uh, cults or in, in whatever, uh, nobody ever gets there, guys. My heart goes out to all the people people who are caught up in these uh, New Age doctrines, these these cults, you know, and what you're doing is, glory to God, what you're doing is you're trying to fix yourself, you're trying to do all these things, and the truth is, you know, Jesus already took care of that 2,000 years ago, but you're trying to do what Jesus already did, what only Jesus can do, well, I'm here to tell you that's not going to work. Why? Because it is works-based. You see, a works-based approach doesn't work with God. Why? Because God is perfect. <laughs> you see? And so, in order for you to work your way into right standing with God, or to become spiritual enough so that you're now whatever, okay with God, or, you know, uh, that would require you to be perfect. Guys, I've got news for you. There's not a single perfect person on this planet right now. I've got news for you. The only perfect man who ever walked the earth uh, was Jesus. Glory to God. And so, uh, the only way uh, for you to be right with God and for you to receive what he's made available to you is to put your faith, your trust, and your confidence in the perfect one. That is, again, guys, 
you know what this is? This is offensive to pride. <laughs> you know, the, the, at one point, the, Paul talked about the offense of the cross when he was talking to the Galatians, and what he's talking about is this gospel is offensive to pride. Why? Because it takes away your pride. <laughs> you know, if I realize, man, I can never save myself. I need a savior. Well, that's going to produce humility. Now, here's one I want to zero in on for a moment here. He talks about the principle of works, and he talks about the principle of faith. Now, the King James translates this as um, as the law of faith. We've heard this perhaps before, the law of faith, but what I want you to understand is that the law of faith, and this is where we sometimes gotten it confused, myself included, guys, one of the reasons I'm teaching this is because I this is something the Lord has been teaching and showing me. And he's shown me how works-based my approach used to be where faith was concerned because the law of faith here does not refer to something that we've got to work in order to try to get God to do. You see, the law of faith, guys, is not trying to make things happen with our faith. I want you to catch this. Sometimes people get it confused. They think you're talking about positive thinking. They think you're talking about using the power of your mind. No. Again, those are cults. There are certain cults that will say, well, you just got to think enough positive thoughts, and then you're going to make this thing happen. And then they'll make you think, well, oh, that's what the Bible's talking about. Hold on, guys. That's not what the Scripture is saying. <laughs> In fact, that is absolutely incompatible with what the Scripture is saying. Faith is not trying to make things happen. Faith is not positive thinking. Uh, faith is not trying to use my words or my thoughts to try to get a result. No, faith is glory to God, dependence on God. You see, like I said earlier, faith doesn't move God. Faith is going to move me. Faith is going to move me into a position to align with what Jesus has already done. I believe Jesus made healing available. Now my faith is going to move me in a position where I can receive the healing into my body that Jesus already made available uh, to me. And now listen to this, guys. Faith is going to move us in this way. Faith is going to move us in our thinking. It's going to move me in my speaking and in my doing to line up with what Jesus already has done. And so we're not saying, and this is what I want you to see, we're not saying that we're not going to be confessing the Word of God. I want you guys to know I confess the Word of God every single day. I just make confessions of faith right before I came on to to, uh, teach this message. I confess the Word of God every single day. But why am I doing that? Am I I trying to get God to do? (laughs) Am I trying to make stuff happen with my faith? No. What I'm doing is I am aligning my own heart, my own uh, internal state with what I believe Jesus already finished. I'm reminding myself of the promises of God. And, you see, because whatever comes out of your mouth, guys, is going to get into your heart, you see. And so sometimes what you got to do is you got to remind yourself. you got to speak it, not just think it. you got to speak it to remind yourself of what God already promised to you in His Word. But you're not trying to get God to do. No, you're looking to the cross. Amen. You're looking to what Jesus has already finished. Amen. Now consider this. This might help make it a little bit more clear. You and I, guys, we did not make Jesus get on the cross. How many know that? (laughs) Okay. I mean, you know that. I know that. Amen. No, what happened was Jesus got on the cross 2,000 years ago. 
long before you and I ever came along. <laughs> you see, and so we didn't make Jesus get on the cross, guys. You know, it wasn't my faith that you know got Jesus to get go on to the cross. Are you kidding me? No. Jesus did what he did out of his own volition, out of his own free will. He did it because he loves us. And so what happened was that you and I, we heard about what he did, we heard this gospel, and then we released our faith. We said, Lord, I believe that, and that's how you got saved. Well, in the same way, you depend on God. You hear this good news that by his stripes you are healed. You hear this good news that he supplies your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You hear this good news that he is your safety, he is your protection, he is your wisdom. And then what you do is, Lord, I believe that, you see, you see. This is faith. It is not performance. And then what happens is, as you're depending on God, you know, one of the big challenges is always this period between where I say, Lord, I believe, and when the manifestation shows up. This, guys, is where patience comes in. Patience is not you putting up with stuff. No, patience is you... Glory to God, depending on God, trusting where the, Him where the timing is concerned. It's trusting God uh, where the, 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 the methods and the means are concerned. In other words, you're believing God for provisions. Man, I don't know where this provision is going to come from. I have no clue. But rather than trying to figure it out, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I trust you that my needs are met. And Lord, I'm just going I'm, I'm to look to you day by day, moment by moment, you see. And so that is actually, guys, this is you practicing patience because patience is enduring, consistent faith. Patience is you depend on God even if you can't see in the natural how it's going to happen. Patience is you depend on God even if there's no evidence, glory to God, uh, in the natural of the promise showing up. Well, okay, I'm just going to depend on God. You see, guys, I want you to understand, God is working behind the scenes right now and there's a reason for why sometimes there's a delay. It's not because we're doing anything wrong. Well, maybe God is, is getting us ready. You know, maybe God is preparing us. Or, you know, maybe God's preparing somebody else. Who knows? You know, whatever the case may be, you don't try to figure that out in your, in your, in your carnal thinking. No, you just depend on God. You trust Him and you walk with Him. But you're going to walk with Him in this confidence that I know I can depend that He's going to be faithful. That he's going to come through. It's not if, it is when. Amen. Glory to God. Everybody say out loud, I depend on God. Type it in the chat. Type it in the chat if you're on the live stream. Say, I depend on God. Glory to God. Now, let's finish it off here with uh, Romans chapter 4. I want to look at Romans chapter 4 in the Amplified Bible. And we're going to get into the subject here now on pride versus humility. And this is really radical, guys. But I want you to really take this in because I think this is going to bless you. Uh, this is talking about here the example of Abraham and how he depended on God. Because how many know, guys, Abraham is, is kind of like our faith example. And, and I want you to really see what God is saying here about Abraham and humility and boasting. And this is radical, guys. And um, we're going to keep teaching on this. And guys, this is a lesson I'm learning in my own life, is, is that I just don't want to live my life in a way where I'm being prideful. You know, I, I, I want to be, you know, everything in this kingdom of God is going to be based on being able to be humble. And I want you to see what humility is. Because humility, thank you, Lord, is not, a lot of people think humility is putting yourself down. 
or is just beating yourself up or having a low opinion of yourself and you call that humility. That's not humility. No, you'll see that humility is you depending on God rather than yourself. You being God-dependent rather than self-dependent. That's what Abraham did. Well, what he says here, we're going to look at this in the Amplified because I think it really kind of illustrates it nicely in the Amplified Bible. Romans chapter 4, verse 1, Amplified. He says, But if so, what shall we say about Abraham, our forefather, humanly speaking? He says, What did he find out? How does this affect his position and what was gained by him? Verse 2, he says, For if Abraham was justified, and then he explains what justified means, established as just by acquittal from guilt. So he says, if Abraham was justified, listen to this now, guys, by his good works that he did, this is what I want you to see, then he has grounds for boasting, but not before God. Stop right there. This is huge, guys. This is so huge, and... When the Lord first showed me this here, preparing for this message, I I kind of had to pray, and I had to say, Lord, this is like radical, and, and I had to say, Lord, is this really what you want me to say? And, and he said, yes, son. And the reason this is radical, guys, is, is because of this. Because, you know, oftentimes we think, well, pride is going to be someone who's just kind of walking around, being all arrogant. But this goes so much deeper in this life as, as, as Christians, guys. And what I'm about to share with you, I want you to, to hear this now. And I want you to hear this understanding, guys, that there's, of course, no condemnation. There's never any condemnation in Christ. I want you to receive this from a place of love and realize, hey, this is an area where we're all still growing, myself included, guys. Because here's what he's saying. He says that any time, listen to this now, any time that we think that we can point to something that we have done as the reason for why we are seeing the blessings of God showing up in our lives, we're boasting, guys. God consider that, considers that boasting. This is what he says. Look at it again. He says, if Abraham would have been right with God by his good works, if that would have been the reason then he would have had grounds for boasting. In other words, man, this is, this is huge, man. Yeah, someone's watching and saying, well, 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 Brother Alex, you know, <laughs> um, man, the reason God blessed me is uh, because I was up all night yesterday. Uh, glory to God, eshala kabasa. I, I, I was having an all-night prayer meeting, man, and, and I was just praying and praying and praying, and I just never stopped praying, you know. And and and, and because of because I did all of these things, Alex, man, uh, that is why God had to bless me. <laughs> Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me? That's that's boasting, guys. That's what the Scripture calls boasting. Now, 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 stick with me. Stick with me now, now. Just hear this now. That's boasting. Now, am I saying don't pray? No, of course not, guys. As I said earlier, I confess the Word of God every single day. I pray in the Holy Ghost every single day. You see? But why am I doing this? Am I trying to get God to move? No. What I'm doing is I'm releasing my faith to receive what Jesus already made available through His finished works. Listen to this now, friend, and catch this. Any time that I am putting my own works, 
whether it's prayer or whatever it might be, anytime I'm giving that more weight than what Jesus already did on the cross, that is pride. And this goes both ways. Anytime I look to my own performance, good or bad, and I think that's the measuring stick by which God is going to judge me or, or, you know, if I do good, he's going to bless me. If I'm missing it, he's not going to bless me. That's pride. And that's why I had to ask the Lord, Lord, is this really true? Is this what you want me to share? Because this is, because how many of us are in this place where, you know, we always slip back in this, into this performance-based mentality. Uh, how many might be watching or listening right now and you're saying, well, Alex, if you knew what's going on in my life, Alex, if you just knew the mistakes I made, then you would not be saying to me that I should have faith for a breakthrough. Hold on, friend. What I'm saying, what the scripture is saying, that if you think it's your good works by which God is going to bless you, he says that's grounds for boasting. That's boasting. You see, he says that's not going to work with God. You see, that's the great contrast with the world system again. Where the world actually kind of rewards boasting, man, you know. <laughs> in other words, in the world, it's like, man, look at what I've done. It's all about me. It's all about, man, I'm, i got to build my personal brand or whatever. And guys, I'm not putting anything of that down. There's a place for everything. And if you have a business or whatever, you got to do what you got to do. But I want you to understand that the reason your business is going to be blessed is not because of what you're doing. No, it's because of Jesus. Glory to God. You see, you see, he's your source. You see? But the world says, man, just put in enough self-effort. Just work. Just sweat. Just push, you know, and just, just make it happen. And then, then you're going to, you know, then you're going to be good. You're going to see some success and you can really feel good about who you are. <laughs> is it? How many times, guys, I've been there, uh, are you trying to accomplish something because you think, well, if I'm going to accomplish that, then I'm going to be enough, you know. Then people are going to see that I'm good enough, man. You see, you see, well, that's not going to work with God. No. You see, in God's system, it's trusting in God. God is not pleased by your efforts. I was meditating on this this morning, guys. God, What pleases God is not what you do. Now catch me. You have a desire to please the Lord. That's great. Here's what I want you to notice. God is pleased with you, not based on how well you are doing what he's calling you to do. God is pleased with you based on your trusting in him. Based on you putting your trust in Jesus. That pleases God. Now, when you do that, then he's going to work in you. And he's the one who's giving you those desires to now go and do what he's calling you to do. But what pleases him, this takes the pressure off, guys. Because what pleases him is not how well I'm able to perform. What pleases him is me depending on Jesus. Depending on God. Everybody say, I need God. You see. Now let's read on. He says in verse 3, For what does the scripture say? He says, Abraham believed in Trusted in God. Now there's faith right there, guys. We said faith. Our, our definition is depending on God. That's what Abraham did. He said Abraham believed in, trusted in God. And watch this. It was credited to his account as righteousness. Right living and right standing with God. Depending on God. Look at verse 4. 
Verse 4 says, Now to a laborer his wages are not counted as a favor or a gift, but as an obligation, something that is owed to him. I briefly shared with this before, on this before, is that when you go to your job, you might have a job. I want you to understand, guys, you have a job, you go to your job, and you know, your employer pays you. I want you to understand, guys, when you get that paycheck, okay, I want you to really understand that ain't a gift, okay? <laughs> you see, you see when, when, when your employer pays you, it's not a gift. It's not like they said, man, you know, they were all nice and sweet, and then, you know, because we thought you were so nice and sweet, we just wanted to give you this gift here. Here you go. <laughs> you see, no, that's not how that works, guys. Uh, you know, how many of you know that the reason your employer pays you is because you earned it? is because you deserved it. You worked for it. Amen. And that's good. Because that's how that works in that system. But what he's saying here is, is that that approach is never going to work with God. In God's kingdom, we can never be in a position where God owes us anything. Because you see, your employer, guys, I want you to understand this employer-employee relationship is a relationship of equality. In other words, both parties have an obligation. You see, it's an agreement where both parties fulfill their part. In other words, you show up, you work a certain amount of hours, your employer agrees to pay you to whatever they agree to pay you for those hours, and so both of you, you do your part. Now, if any party breaks the agreement, then that's it. No more no more agreement, amen. If you don't believe me, um, just don't show up one day, you know. Now, hold on, guys. I, I don't actually recommend you do this, <laughs> okay? Uh, don't you now say, well, Alex, I did what you told me to do and I lost my job. Well, hold on, friend. I'm just making an illustration, you see, because if you want to know the proof, well, just decide, you know, just don't show up to your job and say, just call them and say, guys, I'm not going to show up today, but I just figured, man, I'm just going to stay in bed today. I'm just going to chill, man. I'm going to have some chips here. Um, I'm going to do something, some stuff here at home. I'm going to chill out, and I'm still going to expect you to pay me. And I have a feeling, guys, it's probably not going to go over too well, all right? In the same way, if you show up at your job and all of a sudden they decided not to pay you, I, I, I submit to you, you're probably not going to stay there, you see. And so both parties are an obligation. You're, you're actually obligated. Your employer is obligated to pay you. You're under obligation to actually show up and work in order for them to pay you. Now, I want you to understand that our relationship with God can never be a relationship with equality. We will never be in a position where God owes us anything. In fact, I want you to hear this, guys. This is awesome, that God is actually so pure, God is so holy, God is so just and righteous, that if our boasting, if our taking credit for why he's blessing us were ever to be justified, well, that would, that would put God in a position where he's obligated. That would, God would put God in a position where he, his righteous nature would require that he now owes us. He's an obligation to us. And well, the moment that happens, guys, that would put us above God. And do you know what? We're never going to be in a position where we are above a God. You see, you see, now I want you to understand Understand, God deals with us not because he's obligated to do what he's doing. No, uh, God blesses us, guys, because God loves us. God blesses us because God is good. The only way to receive anything from God is as a gift. The moment I think it's me doing it, that's not going to work. That's pride. You see, one of the definitions of pride, guys, is to try to be like God but without God. 
Now, another definition of pride is to try to be equal to God. This is huge. To try to be equal to God. I want you to understand, you and I, we're never going to be equal to God. Glory to God. You see, He's the vine. We are the branches. I've got news for you guys. We are never going to be the vine. Glory to God. You are a branch. And you're always going to be a branch. You're never going to be uh, the vine. He is always going to be uh, the vine. And you and I are going to be branches. We're never going to be equal to God. You see, you see, we're just a branch, guys. I want you to say, I'm a branch. Okay. <laughs> say out loud, I'm a branch, man. If you're in the, if you're with someone, someone else is there. Look around. And look at all these nice branches around you guys, because that's what we are. Uh, we are branches. You know, someone says, well, Alex, that's a good-looking branch. That's fine, but we're all branches. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Anyways, I don't know where some of that came from, guys. Anyways, but, but the point is, we're, we're branches, you see. <laughs> and, and we're never going to be equal to God. In fact, guys, I want you to understand, too, maybe one day we'll have a chance to look at this, is that what actually brought about the fall in the first place, when you look at Isaiah chapter 14, when Lucifer fell, well, what, what caused him to fall was that he wanted to be equal to God. He wanted to be like God, but without God. And any time we do that, we are operating in pride. You see? And again, guys, I believe this is a word where we can all say and look at our lives and say, man, Alex, I see where I'm doing that. I, I see areas where I do that. You know, and that's the thing is grace enables us to grow because there's no condemnation. You see, and how do we grow, guys? We just realize, Lord, I need you. I live in dependence on you. That's humility. You see, the truth is God doesn't owe us anything. God deals with us out of his own free will in his good pleasure. God didn't have to save us, guys. He chose to save us because he's good and because he loves us independent of our performance. And listen to this now, guys. We'll close with this. God, by definition, being God, is above all first and supreme. God is always going to be above all first and supreme. That means he's never going to be in a position where he's obligated to do anything. He's good. He's made his promises available because he's good. Amen. And because God is above all first and supreme, guys, our only appropriate response to this awesome God, glory to God, our only appropriate response, guys, is humility. Everything in the kingdom of God is based on me submitting myself to God. When I submit myself to God, that's humility. I'm humble. Faith, depending on God, is therefore a posture of humility. There's no room for pride and boastfulness in it whatsoever. Glory be to God. Just praise Him for a moment. Just lift up your hands and praise Him for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank Him that He's so good. He doesn't require you to perform. Man, you can, you can just relax. Maybe you're, you're noticing some areas in your life where you were struggling because you were trying to get Him to do or you were trying to measure up in your performance. I believe God is saying, just relax. And He's saying, I've got it covered. He's got it covered, guys. He's got it. 
And you know the beautiful thing, guys, when you depend on God, you're not depending on a God who's far off, out there somewhere. No, guys, you are depending on a God who is right where you are because His Holy Spirit has taken up residence on the inside of you. And so He's helping you. And He's right where you are. He's working in you. You see, even this life of depending on God, guys, this life of humility, I submit to you, we can't do this on our own. It's God working in us who gives us the ability, the desire, first of all, and the ability to trust in Him. Man, one day we're going to realize this whole thing was all God. (laughs) Yeah, you have to believe, you know, you have to say, Lord, I believe, but, but it was God who was drawing you to Him all along. He's so awesome, guys. Just worship Him for a moment. If you can, just lift up your hands and just praise Him. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, we just give you praise this morning, God. And Lord, as your people are just receptive right now, Lord, I speak your word over them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them now in a way like never before. Make yourself so real to them, Lord. Let them feel your love today, Father. Let them know, God, that you love them, not because of how good they can perform, but just because you love them, because you are Abba, you are Daddy God, you are our Heavenly Father. As the Holy Spirit minister to each person, Touch every life, we pray. Everyone on this live stream, everyone on the recording. Touch, heal, deliver, transform. Lord, whatever is wrong, we pray, make it right. And let us be confident in our dependence on you, sir. And I declare grace, grace over these, your precious people. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And the people of God said, Amen. You've been listening to the Alex Rubit Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubit. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Now, if this message has been a blessing to you, I want to encourage you to help us to spread the good news. Simply like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. Now, I pray that you will continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again soon.